You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about uh, movies that just came out. And today's movie actually came out about a month ago as of the time of this recording. We're going to talk about Malcolm and Marie. This is a dark horse candidate for a couple of uh, Oscars. Um, By the time this comes out, you'll know if it uh, actually got nominated for any of them. There are... There are spoilers in this episode. I don't think we give a spoiler warning, um, but this episode is mostly dialogue, so take from that what you will. Uh, yeah, we're just going to launch right into it. Here is uh, some of the here's some of the score. This is by Labyrinth. To another episode of Classic Movies Live, Pierre. Why don't you just take it? I have bad luck starting these. Your turn. It's all Start good. I I will try my best. Uh, we are here to. Uh, <laughs> I'm scared. We are here to talk about uh, Malcolm and Marie, which is uh, I don't know part of our Oscar series, I guess, or leading up to the Oscars, where we yeah talk we kind about of potential uh, Oscar nominees. Um, we kind of wrote ourselves into a corner here because like. The last couple of movies, we wanted to make sure they were all black and white, and they have been so far. But then there's not a lot of serious contenders for Oscars this year that are black and white. And we've talked about the most serious one already, briefly, but like we can't do another episode on Mank. It's just not possible. Yeah. So, so uh, here's so a yeah, dark chose... horse candidate for best actress. Yeah, actually, it kind of is. Uh, this is a, I guess, uh, it was a Corona-based movie, um, or not Corona-based. It was it was one of the only first and only films that was completely like scripted, produced, uh, and like post-production done during the the quarantine, I guess, in coronavirus shutdown. So it's a it's very much a film of its time, I guess. You know, it's it's a very simple film, uh, and with a minimal crew and cast, and uh, you know, just kind of general general production. So. It's a it's an interesting standout, I guess. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Should I come back to that or like? Because I think it's I think there's some interesting stuff to say about this movie in the context of being made in 2020. But like, I don't know. Does that does that count as us talking about the movie? Should I hold on until we until we talk about the actual content of the movie? Or yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll hold on a a, a little bit. I'll just make myself a note Um, right here. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, cool. And uh, yeah, and it's it's directed by uh, Sam, directed and written by Sam Levinson, who uh, doesn't really have much uh, general like filmmaking credits, uh, at least big ones. But recently, he has gained a lot of notoriety in Hollywood for his HBO series Euphoria, starring Zendaya. Um, and you know, it 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 did it had a decent awards uh, awards circuit and. Um, it, it's gained a lot of uh, fans, I guess, overall. So this, I think, uh, was, uh, I guess, off the back the back of Euphoria. He has taken his uh, star actress Zendaya and decided to, I guess, go back into making a film that's seemed to be very personal and very, very small and intimate. Uh, and it, it's sort of very much in the style of Euphoria, I would say, but just a lot more, you know, simple and obviously a different. Uh, world, but very similar tone, and you can very much tell it's by the same, the same team that does Euphoria for sure. I mean, you say it's very personal, and you're definitely right. But if I can summarize this movie really quick, this is Sam oh, Levinson like self-inserting into John David Washington and ranting about what he doesn't like about movie critics. That's what this movie is. <laughs> yeah, In a it's, uh, it's a very. It's a very kind of pretentious look. You could argue that it's a movie about Sam Levinson kind of analyzing how, you know, a, a filmmaker deals with the relationship of having critics and also just how it can affect your your relationships in general and your livelihood. Um, mm-hmm. But there are some scenes that are very borderline, not even borderline, just outright pretentious, that it's the sat the, the possible satirization of what he's talking about kind of doesn't even matter anymore just because of how uh how how personal it actually does feel to him either way so yeah yeah it's uh basically the entire movie is john david washington's character and zendaya's character who are a couple just came back from a movie premiere that uh, john david washington directed and they get into multiple different arguments based off of what happens, uh, what happened previously in the night and just kind of like the essence of their relationship. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's a very exhausting movie because it really is just two people arguing for for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. And like I have now seen this movie twice. The first time I saw it, I thought that argument was engaging enough that like I was I was hooked. I was watching the whole movie. I was taking it all in. I was thinking about the different arguments they were making. The second time I watched it, I I thought it was a little boring because like I'd already heard everything. And I feel like this movie does not have a lot of uh, rewatch value personally. Yeah, same. It's um, I don't know. I, I could see how someone would enjoy it. And. I, I like the I like it in terms of if, if I think if you know the backstory of the movie like like that it was it it was kind of more of an experimental film that was made it, it kind of seems like it was just like a passion project made for fun mm-hmm. but the Netflix decided to distribute it uh, that does make it more in, not enjoyable but interesting to watch but either way it's a very uh, like poor it's a it's 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 overly like. Nar- a narcissistic and pessimistic it's oh it's the pace pacing is really poor um i think some of the the acting is like re- way too intense um and 
yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, you can very much tell that it was written very quickly, though, and uh, by one person. So there's a lot of things going on here. I think um, what I would say about this, about this movie is, like, I think anyone's enjoyment of this movie, or more importantly, like, how often you can watch this movie and really enjoy it, really depends on how much you, you can engage with the, with the stuff they're talking about. Because for me, like... I was interested enough to see where things were going the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I didn't find anything that anyone said part, you know, compelling as compelling as the first time I'd seen it. So like, it just wasn't that interesting anymore. But like, if, if you have Sam Levinson's exact thoughts on movies, or if you happen to like, I don't know, maybe even if you're a director in a similar situation as Sam Levinson or as Sam Levinson's characters, Malcolm, like maybe this movie has a lot of rewatch about rewatchability. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's it, it kind of falls to the trap of like a lot of um, movies are about filmmaking because you know it's filmmakers are making these movies and art is often uh, made from genuine emotions that people have, right? So mm-hmm. it's understandable that this this movie takes that path and the, but the, it's a very um like there's there's no layers to it if that makes sense it's it's i i would i would personally find it hard to i guess relate to the problems that the main characters are facing you know because they are mm-hmm. it, it a lot of movies take i think filmmaking and almost twist it in a way that is relatable to all audiences because you know filmmaking in the end is just kind of a challenge and uh that people are trying to succeed in right and that's you know everyone faces challenges the that uh that you're like i'd say like a great example of this is ratatouille where ratatouille is very obviously a movie about filmmaking um to me but like it it reflects it in making food if that makes sense um yeah because they're very similar arts in their own way well and also because it relates it to making food like it it's also relatable to just about any other artistic endeavor because it's about make it, it's a move it's about making movies but like it's applied to something else in a way that's general enough that you can apply it to whatever you want and yeah. actually like that same argument goes for every Christopher Nolan movie i think we've talked about that when we talked about inception mhm yeah that it's an allegory for sure mm-hmm. um but yeah this this was not subtle at all there's a lot of long-winded rants about uh about critics and like general you know storytelling um and and like kind of the i guess the intricacies of making a movie and it just to me it just felt like sad levinson was trying to justify uh his anger about um about film critics in a way that to him might have felt like he was being uh self self not self-conscious but like in a way that to him felt like he was able to uh, criticize himself, right? With how he sees it. But this came off as he just seems to be really pissed off about people criticizing his work in general. Yeah, I think also it's just like, I I mean, a lot of this movie is, a a pretty decent portion of it is Malcolm like, well, one, one big segment. There's one big segment where Malcolm like reads a review that is actually very positive, but that he doesn't like. And so he spends the next five minutes in a monologue talking about like 
exactly his issues with this person's review and all of the all of the conclusions she's drawing that he doesn't feel like he she has any right to draw and i feel like that's kind of what a lot of this movie is like it feels like it, it kind of feels like sam levinson's um sam levinson is like wanting to show people like it it it, it it feels to me like he's when he gets a bad review, he like or when he gets a review, he doesn't like he has a lot of thoughts, but he can't really share them with anybody. So he wrote them all down in a movie and then he <laughs> and then he's filmed that movie. Yeah, it's a which is kind of interesting bad. in one way. But yeah, that, that's why, like, I, I, I can appreciate it in terms of it's a very experimental movie and it was obviously because it was obviously i think best meant for sam levinson himself he's the one that can most definitely enjoy this movie uh or probably most enjoy this movie compared to anyone else right so so yeah that that's uh i i like that but just there's so many things that that just kind of go wrong that it's not it's not good enough for other people to appreciate which is unfortunate mm-hmm. but uh but yeah, like the, like, oh yeah, really dramatic. And also the writing was just like the dialogue itself was like overly dramatic. Um, and all this, the scenes kind of feel repetitive. The characters aren't really interesting in themselves. Uh, the arguments don't feel real. They just feel like kind of made up just to create more drama. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's well, basically like, the script, the script was bad. Yeah. And I mean, another thing that, I don't really know exactly how to criticize myself, but I've seen a lot of people point it out. Uh, Sam Levinson writes Malcolm as someone who, in a lot of instances, is specifically like sort of pissed off with Hollywood critics because he thinks that they either overinterpret or misinterpret the fact that he's black into his movies, which is a legitimate criticism, but it's being written by white man Sam Levinson. Yeah, I found that really uh, interesting because that was a very big focus on why uh, John David Washington was ranting the whole time, right? It was how Mm -hmm. he's perceived as an African-American, I guess, filmmaker. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Is is this like just something he... Was it a framing device maybe for himself? Like, because he... I mean, he doesn't view himself as an African-American, but he he uses that... He might be using that as, I guess, a metaphor for something that he deals with in his life, but maybe, although like, and I, and actually come to think of it, that's sort of the, that's sort of, I was going to say, but if it is something that, uh, if it is something that like he's using as a metaphor for something he deals with, why doesn't he just use that thing that he deals with? But then they actually answer that in the movie because Malcolm like points out, you know, was moonlight only good because Barry Jenkins is gay and the answer to that should be no, but it makes you think because like Barry Jenkins is gay. So what does he bring to that? Yeah. No, yeah. There's some, there's some cool points. It's just the, like, that's actually a really interesting like way to think about like, you know, it's, it's a criticism of how, um, I guess the problem here is, that, is how white, what white critics perceive might, might misinterpret what, um, uh, a black like filmmaker has to say uh, because they are interpreting it differently because they are black, right? And it seems like Malcolm does not want his movies to be interpreted because of his race. Um, just just the movie itself, I believe, right? Uh, 
Kind of? Yeah. At least that was part of it. Yeah. Also, sorry, I was just a little preoccupied because I I just looked up something I had just said. I don't want to be misquoted here for saying the I don't want to be quoted here for saying the wrong thing and then like not taking it back. I do not actually know if Barry Jenkins is gay. He is in a relationship with Lulu Wong, who is a woman. So I do not believe he is gay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, I guess. But did, did, uh, did Malcolm say he was gay in the movie? That's what I thought I heard. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, e- either way, like, it, it does bring up some interesting topics, but it doesn't really seek to... It's a very on the surface just rant, right? Like it, it wasn't. There was no formulation to this commentary. It was just putting it out there, and then it's not really addressed or like considered because the the general contents of the Malcolm versus Marie argument comes down to um, he stole her story for his movie, right? And it's there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an argument of egos more than a commentary on filmmaking, but they bring in that co- filmmaking commentary randomly into it just to like, I guess, add more scenes to the movie and like give, a, give like maybe a subplot conflict, but it doesn't really work because it doesn't tie into anything at all. Because in the end, it, the, the plot is about Malcolm and Marie from what I can tell. And like just the, the state of their relationship at the moment. Which, for better or worse, I think is the weaker plot. Like, the other plot, the the one we were just talking about where they're commenting on filmmaking, is not that much of a plot. But personally, it sticks with me a lot more because it actually brings up, like, interesting points and interesting questions where the relationship between Malcolm and Marie is a relationship that is, that I don't know if it's falling apart, but it's not, like, perfect by any means, which I guess is fine. And like, but that's, that's it. Like, I don't think there's that much interesting happening there, except that like, they're having a fight. And it's a fight that I think is only interesting because it always comes back to filmmaking because one of them is an actress and one of them is a director. But the fight itself uh, is yeah. not that interesting. Yeah, it just feels kind of pretentious. And like, I... Uh... Like it's it's kind of extended for like I I will give it credit I I like how there were lots of layers to the argument if that makes sense and I was surprised as to how how uh, how interested I I did become at the start of some of these at the start of some of these arguments um, because I I think it you know it kind of shows that every every act of like passive aggressiveness right from either one is is just kind of one layer one one addition to a bunch of layers of of their relationship and and, and how they were how they are as people right mm-hmm. so that's i think that's cool but it i don't know i i didn't i just didn't like the topics of them enough to to carry a whole movie like i i really believe like if this was like like maybe a 30 40 minute movie it could have been much it could have been actually really good um, this would have been more concise yeah. and focused. I would say that like this would be probably one of my favorite live action shorts of this year if it was short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it just yeah, it just kept going. Like after every argument, I was like, okay, this is like probably a good place to stop it, right? Um but it just kept going and going and going. And you're like, oh, okay, well now 
I just stopped caring because every time the movie kind of tricks you into believing that they are in love with each other again, it it tricks you, and then it's like, oh wait, no, there's more we gotta untangle. Yeah, because like they'll they there's one scene they gotta they're having a really they have a really good thing going on. They're talking about acting. Uh, Malcolm goes away for a couple of minutes. He comes back. Murray asks him, hey, Malcolm, can I ask you something? And he basically just goes, oh, boy, here we go again. And then they're yeah. into the fight. <laughs> yeah, even, like, the characters are, like, aware of how stupid this is. <laughs> so, yeah. And also, like, just, like, why... Like, I, I get, I guess this is how real relationship works. Work Real relationships work sometimes. But, like, like, are, are, like do, did all of this stuff have to come out on the same night? Like, it felt very uh contrived yeah this uh, yeah a lot of it just the whole movie it felt really forced and Mm -hmm. um, just airing out dirty laundry i guess so yeah but there there were some good things right right jeff oh yeah well i mean like um i already did say the first time i watched this movie i really liked it and a big part of that was because i engaged with the argument enough that i was like consistently watching the movie and this movie is very cool to look at like the cinematography is just really nice the production design i guess i don't really know how much production design went into it because they're literally just filming in someone's house but like it's a really nice looking house uh the directing is pretty good like there's a, there's a lot of interesting visuals and like you know nothing Nothing that's like mind melting, but it's just it's just a very pretty movie. Yeah, it was great. I, I it was um, I think they brought the cinematographer from Euphoria, which also has really great cinematography. Mm. Um, so yeah, that those those aspects and the production design worked really well. Uh, I thought the the actors were solid. I don't think I think they they were able to do a lot given the dialogue. I guess. Um, I so I thought that was pretty impressive, but I wouldn't necessarily say they deserve oscars for it um i know you might feel differently though the say say that last part again sorry the that they want to like that i wouldn't say they're oscar worthy performances the the acting performances yeah no i really think the only oscar worthy part of this is like i think the cinematographer is worth it like he's he did great as far as the performances of zendaya and uh John David Washington, they were fine. I have no problem with them. If they were nominated this year, they would be up against infinitely better people, I think. Mm. Well, maybe infinitely is strong, but like they'd be up against way better actors. And honestly, I don't think these were, I don't, I don't even think this was Zendaya's strongest performance, even though it was very strong. Yeah, I, I just think it's pretty impressive that they, I guess they were able to make that really cringeworthy dialogue actually feel believable and mm-hmm. sort of grounded. I thought that was actually really impressive, but um, yeah, either way, I think, I think John David Washington kind of overacted. Uh, that might be because of, he wanted to play it that way because his character is very dramatic from what I can tell. And just like, you know, egotistical and boastful. So um, that might've been why, but I didn't love his character. Zendaya's I think was, better but not great not a, not that much better uh but she, her performance was a lot more subtle and believable but that again, yeah might be because of the character too but i also think that both of their characters were written in a way that like 
to me, it almost felt like Sam Levinson was like trying to bait them into overacting. Like, yeah, I mean, because because Zendaya's character, her mood swings all over the place. And like, but she also like ends up being extremely reserved. It's like she'll end up being extremely reserved sometimes. And then she'll just like yell at John David Watt and then she'll just yell at Malcolm for like 10 minutes, which is is fine. But just like both of them are written as kind of cartoonish characters. They're realistic enough that I can believe these people exist, but they're also like very hyperbolic. Yeah, the the never-ending monologues was was a really big problem for that. Yeah. He really likes monologues. Where Sam Levinson does. So yeah, I don't know. That's I don't really have anything else to say. Just it was pretty meh. I didn't like it. Not ter not absolutely terrible, but um, I would never watch this again, for sure. And I was really bored during it. Yeah, I would say, now that I have watched it twice, that's probably the last time I'm going to watch it. I, I think that uh, at a cinematography level, I think it's very, it's, it's very cool to look at. And I don't regret having watched it once, because I think there are some interesting points it brings up that, you know, get me thinking. But, like, didn't grab me enough where I got to go back. Yeah, and I don't think I even, like, like, I didn't take anything new from it the first time, which is too bad because I feel like a movie like this, that's, like, I, I, like, I think it took some big risks. Um, it could have really dived deep into some of these, sub, like, some of the topics, I guess, it was trying to tackle, but it never really did for any of them. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't really, and I, I brought up some interesting stuff. Like, uh, I think that, you know, the relationship between, uh the, like malcolm and marie is actually interesting in that like you know the whole what malcolm made a movie kind of based on marie but also not really and right. you know who takes over ownership over like the story of it uh there's a lot to that that's like you know kind of interesting but it's it's not really delved into and like not like the couple never really solves it um the movie doesn't really commentate on it it's just there to fuel more yelling at each other and that's mm -hmm. lame because we don't need really that's not smart filmmaking in my opinion it's just two characters yelling at each other is pretty pretty surface level writing yeah um i think what i was gonna say really early on is i think it's kind of a double-edged sword that uh this was created entirely during the pandemic because like on the one hand that's kind of cool and that makes it interesting for that reason but, and I don't want it to be, I, I wouldn't want it to be like a pandemic movie, but the fact that it doesn't play into that at all means that it's only memorable for its content and its content isn't memorable. So this movie is just kind of bound to eventually die off, I think. Yeah, I agree. And it, it feels, I think, I think um linking it, uh, I, I think like, because I think it was, was it advertised as kind of a coronavirus movie? No. No, it wasn't. Okay. Oh, never mind. I was going to say that might, that would age, it's going to age really poorly because of that, but I guess not. Yeah, it's not going to age poorly at all. It's not really going to age at all, I don't think, but like, it, I mean, it's, <laughs> it was, it it was never it, good it, in the first place. So. Yeah, there's, <laughs> like, there's, it's just going to sort age. of fall away. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, was, did you want to talk more about the whole Corona thing at all or? Or do you want to is there more to talk about? 
Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> uh, you want to slap a movie on this or a rating on this bad boy then? Uh, I'd say like a five. Like, I think it's fine. There's a lot. It's it's interesting enough. Like, I really liked it the first time. I've said that a lot now. But like, I, I don't think I'm going to remember this movie in three months. Yeah, I'll give it a a four. It's I like I like the new unique aspect. Um, there's it's a bold movie, but it does not stick. So I'll give it a four. Yeah. All right. So that concludes our uh, last round of uh, Oscars episodes, kind of in a way. And uh, by the time this episode comes out. We will be the the Oscars will have already been announced. So we will have done one Oscars episode by the time this comes out. So we got to talk about those announcements, uh, those nominations. But um, as of recording, uh, we're two episodes away from from knowing when the Oscars, what the Oscar nominations are. So we're going to kind of guess. But ideally, we want to try and talk about every Oscar, every movie that's up for an Oscar before uh, or that's up for a best picture oscar specifically before uh before the oscars happen so we're gonna start with the father that's what we're gonna talk about on uh next episode very exciting uh jeff what's the last word dang it <laughs>